So anytime we're using any of these tools, as you say, to mask the the experience or the symptoms that we're experiencing without going to the root of whatever the issue is, then potentially we're turning all these medicines into poison. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I'm your co-host, Eric Osborne. My wife, Courtney, and I have a wonderful conversation in store for you today. This one is one we've been wanting to talk about for a while. I had a medical doctor I worked with once in Jamaica who told me when we were talking about toxicology and substance and substances, and he said, the poison is in the dose. And I thought, boy, is that right. Anything is medicine and anything is poison, depending on how you work with it. It's all about balance. And that's what this conversation is about. So hopefully in listening to it, you will be inspired to instill more balance in your life. That's a big part of what the mushrooms help us do. And it's a big part of what community and accountability can do. Please do go give us that five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Also, don't forget to check me out on Psilocybin Live streamed every Monday night at 7 Eastern. That's coming through Facebook and YouTube on the Psilocybin Says pages. This live stream is where we discuss any and everything as it relates to Psilocybin and where you, the listener, can get involved in the conversation. There is a link always posted in the chat where you can just click it, hop in, get in the queue, ask your question, make your comment, tell me how crazy all this is or whatever it is you have to say. We just love talking with our audience and I sure do look forward to seeing you there. So I noticed you were enjoying enjoying that uh, that poison in Fifth that cup of coffee. In that cup there. <laughs> I think one more cup would be poison. <laughs> was it really your fifth cup? No, it was my that's my third. Really, it's two and a half. I fill up a cup, and then I use the remaining for another half cup, and then I make another cup. That's kind of my routine. Mm. So it sounds like it doesn't become a problem until you've reached a certain amount Maybe, of consumption. You know, I guess I, ju- I base that on when I start feeling jittery, um, but maybe I should... Pull back before then. Hmm. Interesting. I guess one of the questions that I have around this is when do we actually start to know that we're consuming too much of what we're consuming? Yeah. So this brings up some interesting things for me thinking about chocolate. (laughs) Hey, I didn't have any chocolate yesterday. And yet somehow you made it through the day. There were times I'm sure. where I wondered. Anyway, sorry I interrupted you. Has you thinking about what? <laughs> Has me thinking about my relationship with, hmm, how do I say it? Tools, wellness tools, wellness practices, or things that I used to consider as detrimental to mm-hmm. my growth, like psychedelics back in the day, mm-hmm. I thought were horrible mm-hmm. and harmful and has me thinking about how in my life, more so in the past, um, but still now, my relationship with things and seeing things as kind of like an all or nothing Activities as an all or nothing, lifestyle choices as an all or nothing. Um, and yeah, and how I'm learning that more and more, it's more about the balance of the things. And like you mentioned, assessing your feeling as you're engaging with something with coffee, mm-hmm. for instance, how you 
start to feel a certain way and like that's how you know okay maybe it's time to mm-hmm. refocus or yeah but i know. think it becomes it's before that even uh there are times when i know drinking a cup of coffee is going to feel good and then there's times that i know mm-hmm. that it's not going to feel so good and yet i do it anyway mhm right so that last cup or whatever mm, might be too much because there's definitely times that I think, mm, should I really do this? Do I really want to do this? And then I just do it because it's the habit. Mm-hmm. And then there's times that I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do this. This is going to be great. Yes. And that's when I know really whether it's good for me or not. Mm, the feeling uh, of excitement. I mean, tobacco's the same way. Enjoy. There, there are times when I know a cigarette is going to do me good. This is going to be a good thing. And mm-hmm. then there's times when I know like, oh, I definitely do not want that. Mm. And it comes in waves, you know, not not everything is something that we do every day. Tobacco is something that I just very, very occasionally engage with these days. And I try very much to listen to that intuitive sense of this is a good thing right now. Yeah, it seems like the like an indicator of maybe it's time to refocus, get a different perspective, not engage with this, whatever it is, substance, practice, is even just like the hesitation or the questioning right. of it. Like, should I or should I not? That's almost like... It's kind of tough, though. There's yeah. a lot of things like exercise. It is. It's tricky. You know, mushrooms. Like, do I really so want to do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gosh. It's so we live in such an interesting place. It's like there's really no black and white answer. I don't to think this. there's black and white anything. Right. It's all a mix. Are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then Sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member and find more information. Yeah, like this this drink that I'm drinking right here. I, if anyone's interested, I know how to make, uh, if you live in the Louisville area, you know about Heine Brothers and there's this drink. It's like a blended iced drink, kind of like at Starbucks. They have the Frappuccinos. Well, this local coffee chain has this one that's called the Beekeeper. I know how to make it exactly. This is like a $7 drink that I know how to make at home for a fraction of the cost. And I figured it out in the fall uh, of last year. And once I figured it out, I go so excited. I had this joy about it. And I drank it and I was like, yes, Eureka, I figured it out. I make the best one. I don't know. It's so good. And then I just kept drinking it because I I associated this joy in enjoying the beverage once in a while from my local coffee chain. But now here I am. I can make it every day at home. So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to make it every day. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, here I am. I've been drinking it every day and I'm like, well, time to make the drink that I've been making every day again. And I was kind of like, it became a routine thing that I no longer had joy and excitement about. Mm. And then I started to resent it. Mm. Like, I don't even want this. You stupid beekeeper. (laughs) I'll drink that. (laughs) Yeah, but then, so I had to kind of have a talk with myself, like... (laughs) Because it's not, it's a dessert, it's a dessert drink. That like, is a rich it's drink. Very, wow. It's very rich. And and I started having like some tummy stuff mm. 
after mm-hmm. I drank it, I was drinking it every day. So I was like, all right, it's time to re- reassess this, Courtney. Like, let's come on. Let's have a heart to heart here. And I was like, I'm not going to drink it. And ever since, it's been like three months or four months or something since I've made it. And I just saw what I used to make it in the cabinet. And I just, it came over me, this joy and excitement. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want right now. So just that process of taking breaks from things and getting perspective can, it's interesting. Yeah. How that can bring back the joy. So how does this relate to like exercise? Like for instance, for you, I mean, like we talked about this on a recent episode, right? Where you've just started working out Mm -hmm. again or lifting weights and like, I don't know, like, have you felt in, since you've started lifting weights again, a resistance to it? No. uh, Well, I found myself resisting the temptation to do nothing else or to, to go too heavy into it. Mm. Uh, I definitely have a tendency towards extreme <laughs> extremes, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it it anything that I enjoy, I have to maintain that level of awareness. Um, and I guess I'm just I'm just trying to pinpoint some areas where that becomes blurry. Right? It has been. In the past, it's been like that with tobacco. It's been like that with cannabis. Um, it's a little bit, yeah, it's definitely been that way with alcohol. It's been quite a while since it's been like that with alcohol. Um, and, even, you know, we talked about news in one of our podcasts that it's been uh, a challenge there to moderate consumption of various forms of media over the years. Uh, so I guess I'm just trying to... De- figure out when when is it that I start to recognize that my medicine has become a poison and it's usually too it's usually later than I would like it to be so I don't know if there's some ideas that you might have on how I could catch that a little quicker seems like you do better with that aside from chocolate and coffee <laughs> you're pretty good at uh Saying, okay, I've had enough of this right now. I'm going to... And working. Put it aside. Yeah, and working. (laughs) Yeah, we've all got our things. Well, I don't... I'm not sure if I have any ideas. They're really just reflecting on... uh, Reflecting on my own experience and how it seems like if I'm in a place where I'm more calm, like if I have practices where I'm allowing myself to get away, just like be with myself, you know, like self care, Mm -hmm. um, as some might call it really just having a time every week that I'm just spending time with myself to feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I notice that helps me a lot and can help me break unhealthy cycles if there are any going on mm. just by getting away mm-hmm. from the routine at home, mm-hmm. which usually involves work, you know, because we've mm-hmm. been working from home. Um, so doing that yoga class that I've been doing every Tuesday, which I'm really grateful that you've continued to encourage me to go, even when I felt resistance to it, which is another one of those tricky things. Um, but it's really helped me just having something where I'm still, because it's a yen yoga class, so it's very meditative mm. and helps me slow down. And it usually takes almost half the class mm-hmm. for my mind for me to like detach from my thoughts and like see the difference Mm -hmm. between okay here's me and here's these thoughts Mm -hmm. 
that I can let go of. Like they're not me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a big part of what we're talking about is getting really attached and associating something external to us with like thinking that we need that Mm -hmm. in order to be happy. So what I'm curious right now about is how humans are the only animals that will knowingly poison themselves. Really? Do you know that? Do you know of any animal that will like completely overindulge in anything enough to make themselves sick? Probably rats. To make themselves sick? I mean, they might be overweight or something, but like even in studies with rats, they've shown that addiction is more of an outcome of isolation than any kind of biochemical process, uh, which is a, a, a bit of a different topic altogether, but at the same time, I think there's a, a fair amount of crossover here that the healthier our environment is, then the healthier we are likely to be. Um, but it's curious to me that humans are the only animals that will like just way over consume and pretty much everything. So, and, and what I think comes up is the mind, you know, what you talk, you talk about the mind, the, the thoughts running. And so many times these behaviors that we overindulge in <clears throat> may have to do with like a mental loop that we're in or trying to avoid our thoughts in some way. Hmm. Yeah. I'd like to go into that a little bit more like for you when you've been when you felt this um for instance you mentioned feeling like you wanted to just keep lifting weights Mm -hmm. at times just Mm -hmm. keep going and not stop overindulge Mm -hmm. in the experience when you reflect on that what's going through your consciousness in those times, like, are you like, what thoughts are present? And it's trying, it's, it's trying to get what I want right now, which is a, um, I want to have a stronger, more balanced body and this is the pathway to it. So I just figure if I just have more of it right now, then I'll get what I want sooner it's kind of maybe similar to a medicine, if we will, like a a, a a supplement or something that if we think if we take a thousand times the vitamin C that we need, we'll be more healthy. And I mean, it's not the best example because at least I'm pretty sure you can't overdose in vitamin C or is that wrong? Can you? Uh, it's water soluble, but I'm sure I know you can get like kind of sick, like you can... Okay. Make yourself so whatever. Just thinking, like you know, more isn't always better mm-hmm. in terms of getting what we want out of the thing that we want. But this is like a, a actually a pretty triggering and challenging topic for me because I am such such a kind of extreme all in or all out kind of person or have been, that it, it triggers some, like, shame and guilt feelings, you know. Um, I can look at several aspects of my life over the years that I have challenged to find balance in, and... I'm trying to understand why I feel that kind of tinge of shame and guilt right now. And I don't really I don't really have a good answer for it. I just know that I feel it. As soon as we started talking about this and I started reflecting on 
some of my points of excess. Cannabis is being a, is a big one. Cannabis being a big one. How negatively impacted my family that I used cannabis so much. It negatively impacted my work and a lot of different aspects of my life. And, you know, we know that cannabis is a medicine. It is a very good plant. It's very good for us in many ways. But the amount that I used it was not medicinal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some feelings that come with that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in in that process and in that experience of finding a balance. Um, yeah, it's interesting this label we have of like medicine and poison. Because like we know like fluoride, for instance, that's one of those things that is certainly very toxic at a certain dose. Mm -hmm. Yet we, most of us brush our teeth with it and ingest it every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And it's in our water and mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And there's so many other examples. But like, I'm starting to see medicine. Like when you spoke about cannabis, um, and it reminded me of our past episode we did on cannabis and our, both of our relationship um, relationships with cannabis and how instead of seeing something as like a medicine, um, I'm starting to see it more as or things more as like energies and how do I say it? Like tuners, mm. like cannabis, for instance, when I was pregnant with Ananda the first trimester was just really, really, I was sick and getting mm. sick on a regular basis every day. And cannabis was the only thing that would, um, like I felt this internal shaking, you know, mm. which created nausea and everything and consuming it, um, just like dampered, like numbed the shaking. Mm -hmm. And so then I started to see cannabis differently when you're actually feeling a certain way and you can consume something, engage with something that changes the energy of how you feel mm -hmm. so drastically. Um, and then at the same time, it, you're seeing people use it who aren't like I was sick and to see people use it that aren't sick, like as in vomiting and, and mm. stuff like debilitated almost mm -hmm. seeing people wake up in the morning and hit a bong or whatever, engage with cannabis I'm not doing it, so. in that way, <laughs> like to see how powerful it is to have um, it affect me, give me relief in such a big way, really, um, changed the way that I, I looked at it like, oh, this is something that is such a powerful force that if I'm trying to like explain, I'm trying to like find a metaphor here that, that will if help it can me. have such a big impact on someone who's sick, then it's having a big impact on someone that's well that they may not be aware of or that may be not be a positive impact. I mean it's just it's just power misapplied you know and if you misapply power then it's going to cause damage yeah somewhere. right is that Kinda what you're like, saying it's how I yeah yeah um and just trying to like put it in more even simpler terms like what comes to mind is say a massage therapist you go to massage therapist a massage we all think is a great generally we think a mass getting a massage is a great healthy thing. Mm -hmm. However, if your massage therapist 
isn't paying attention to the needs of your body and they go in really, really hard, like they could damage your Mm. fascia and Mm. all kinds of things. And so, yeah, it's like the, the healing is in the communication in the awareness of the engagement. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily in the act itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's where this idea of a panacea panacea comes from, right? That like there's anything that can be just broadly applied that will just be helpful. And there's nothing that is like that. There's nothing that is applicable across the board I mean, you know, I'm always trying to fucking prove myself wrong, but I think in my head, I'm thinking about like air, you know, you gotta have air, but it's not the, it's not the cure for everything. So, um, no, it's just, it's just so important that we have balance in our lives and it's just for some folks, I think it's hard and you know, whether it's from upbringing or what, there's a lot of different factors that go into the equation. And it's something that definitely came up for me with mushrooms. There there was definitely, definitely a time where I thought, am I taking too much mushrooms here? I'm taking a lot of mushrooms really frequently. And I ultimately did come to believe that I had gotten to a point where it was detrimental in a certain capacity. Hmm. And that's where so my So how fr- did you know that? How did I know that? It's, it was one of the more difficult ones for me to tell. Cannabis I knew. It was directly impacting me. The The negative effects that I would experience from the mushroom, the overuse of the mushrooms, tended to show themselves in you know, weeks after, you know, and it gradually crept in where I felt just just emotionally unstable. And granted, I was using a lot of cannabis at the same time, and I'm sure they were, you know, working together to uh, accentuate that emotional instability. But I, I did come to recognize that I was just taking myself into very extreme states very regularly and then I would the rubber band would snap back and I'd be at home and just in tears or you know just stressed and not know why and all these intense emotions mm-hmm. um, which you know you saw for sure and I think maybe still but then you probably attributed more to cannabis I don't know if you ever really thought about mushrooms being a part of that I did have the thought. I mean, for me, I've had mushroom trips where generally it's been with the higher doses where I've felt that those were, I wouldn't go as far to say harmful at all, but like, such a it was such a high dose for me that it was very challenging for me to integrate and come back into mm-hmm. my day to day um and just felt really disorienting like compared to some lower doses mm-hmm. where those I felt were more like I could reflect on with more clarity Mm-hmm. versus the higher doses just felt so... There's one in particular that I remember really well. I just felt like I was spinning like 500 miles an hour for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And I just felt just too much. Like I just felt like that was too much. I went too far. Mm-hmm. And we were also eating mushrooms semi-regularly. Mm. At that time. So it was a combination, I think, of just too much and, yeah, just too much over, went over the top with the power. Too much, too often. Yeah. So, yeah, I've definitely 
certainly had that question quite, I mean, often I would say like when we were eating mushrooms together, like before we had kids Mm. semi-regularly, um, yeah, that whole conversation of, well, I think it's time to eat some mushrooms again, but is it, are we overdoing it? Is this really what we need right now? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had quite a few of those conversations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and, mm-hmm. but it is tricky because with something like mushrooms an activity and experience that requires such a transition um there can there's naturally i think resistance to yeah, it for sure so interpreting what yeah. is this resistance and are there notable fears behind it mm-hmm. that i'm avoiding or is this just me communicating that like refocus like this isn't this is just a pattern that my body is ready to my my being is ready to transition from does mm-hmm. that make sense it does um it's interesting that psychedelics i feel like are one of the <clears throat> uh i feel like psychedelics are one of the few places where this is a part of the experience where you don't know whether or not your resistance is due to a intuitive sense that it's not the right time or if it's your own fear getting in the way, you know, or your own resistance to the transition. Whereas with other substances, it's kind of the inverse. Like with alcohol, for instance, your desire to to quit drinking is often impeded by that same kind of resistance. Like, oh, maybe I should quit drinking. Well, am I just telling myself that because uh, I want to quit drinking? Or is it my, am I just telling myself that because other people are saying that? Or am I telling myself that because it's really right? Or... Am I afraid to quit drinking because I'm resistant to the shift that I'm going to have to go through mm-hmm. when I quit drinking? The same thing with cigarettes, same thing with weed. Is my resistance because I think this thing is good for me or is my resistance because I think that it would be too hard to make the transition? Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing with psychedelics. I don't have any concern that it's going to be hard to stop eating mushrooms, right? Mm-hmm, right. So that's just interesting. Yeah, it is uh, kind of the inverse, but it's, and also it's something that culturally, it's also tricky because we don't have a great frame. We don't have a great reference point. It's no. not like our elders, we have elders around uh, no, there was at, at least in our culture that are able to like help us advise. Yeah, there were so many times. And, I'm sorry. Go ahead. See our state. Sorry. Yeah, like with. I'm just thinking of like exercise, for instance. That's something that as a culture we're all pretty comfortable with talking. Not all, but as a culture, there's not a stigma generally mm-hmm. around physical activity. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's like over exercising, then you can like as a friend to a friend be like, yeah, I think you need to chill a little bit. Like it's clear this is kind of you're going too hard and mm-hmm. it's creating more stress than it's helping you right. and see the imbalance. And not to say that that's not possible right now with um, psychedelics, friend to friend, um, cause I think it is, but it's just trickier when there's a stigma with it. Yeah. I mean, it relates to cannabis more. I feel like right now, cannabis is something that if you try to tell a cannabis user that they're possibly using too much cannabis, then that stigma 
from years previously is going to weigh in on that cannabis user and they're going to say, oh, you're just saying this, you know, because you think it's bad for me or you just, you just, you have this preconceived notion of what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is not bad for me. This is a medicine. It's good for me. So true. And so it's that like, you know, again, that push and pull that it, from one extreme to the other as we try to mm-hmm. find a middle ground. But, you know, I guess what I was trying to say when I started to interrupt you is just, it just shocked me back into the memory of the the number of times in Jamaica where I consciously would say to myself, well, I guess I'm some kind of a guinea pig because I don't know anybody that's eaten this many mushrooms. There is nobody that I can go to and talk to about this. And I know that this is good for me. I know that I am helpful in this state to the people that I'm working with. And I think if I would have had a if I would have had a different lifestyle where it wasn't take mushrooms three times in a week and then the following week you spend that entire week trying to catch up on other work, you know, real world work. If I would have been living like a shaman in a hut somewhere and I could just be with the experiences afterwards and allow it to settle back down and everything, then it probably would have been a lot better for me. Um, so, you know, again, like none of this stuff is as simple as if you take this much, this is what happens and this is how you deal with it. There are so many factors that go into our overall state that can, you know, contributing to how we feel in full. And that's what we don't really seem to have a lot of in our culture is this big picture holistic view. You think about antidepressants or you think about other pharmaceuticals, it's, you know, you've got cancer, you need chemotherapy. You've got depression, you need an SSRI. You've got a headache, you need Tylenol. But where's that symptom actually coming from? You know, so anytime we're using any of these tools, as you say, to mask the the experience or the symptoms that we're experiencing without going to the root of whatever the issue is, then potentially we're turning all these medicines into poison. I don't know. Like meditation is something I can eat. I can even do that. I've, I have gone on runs where I will just be... <sighs> just in meditation so much that I will forget about everything else and not care about anything else. And, you know, I've done it with work. Um, so anyway, it's just really, really valuable for us to find that place of moderation. And I feel like that is really all about fine tuning our intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, what, what is coming up for me is, I mean, like you say, it's not like, it's not black and white. And like, I'm thinking of somebody who, for instance, like has cancer and is really, they're in such a state. It's like tertiary treatment mode. It's like bring in the big guns mode. Like Mm. you just brought up chemotherapy and Another modality would be eating mushrooms every week or every other week or whatever until you can get to a radically different state of being, you know, would be the idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for somebody that's overall pretty healthy, that would throw them to an extreme that would be unhealthy. And it's hard to, like, it's hard to, when you're in that place of say, I'm just going to use this example of the person with cancer. I think a lot of what's, what could be wrapped up in that state of being is a lot of potentially fear and a lot of doubt and a lot of really, um, intense, 
feelings that are going to be really hard to transition out of. Like there's naturally going to be a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. I think I would think to getting into a radically different place. Mm -hmm. Like it's all kind of, that's all wrapped up in the state of being you found yourself in. And I'm just using like cancer. It's just like an, an example that comes to mind and I'm not saying like you can heal your cancer with mushrooms, but maybe you can, I don't know. But my point is that unless you have a feedback, like a, a point of feedback regularly with someone that you can trust and is familiar with, whatever it is you're working with, then I could see how it could feel really unhealthy to be getting treatment, whatever that treatment looks mm-hmm. like, whether it's mm-hmm. chemotherapy, like chemotherapy makes you really sick. Mm-hmm. Like you get really sick mm-hmm. and your hair falls out and there's all kinds of things that mm-hmm. would freak anybody out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with mushrooms, like there's going to be some radical things that ha- that you're going to be shown that are mm-hmm. going to lead to radical changes in your life. And it may be really scary mm-hmm. um, to go through all of that. And so I'm just thinking like, how does one know, like how, how does one assess like this is something that's actually helping me, healing me versus this is something that's hurting me, you know? I think it is challenging to discern that in many aspects. And I don't really have a good answer. I mean, I'm still like right now, it's it's, it's incredible. This feeling that I have right now of like, of this guilty kind of shameful feeling that I'm having over my tendencies towards extremism and don't want to go into a some extreme state like I have before of self depreciation. Um, but there is value in being aware that you no, know, my extremism has been detrimental. So, um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's really actually clouding me quite a bit in the, in this moment. And I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I want to be aware of that. And I want to recognize that it is helpful to some extent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you're in good company with people who are like successful people that are, making like do willing to do things that a lot of other people are not mm-hmm. that seems to be a ne- kind of a necessary i could be wrong but it doesn't seem like it it seems like it's kind of a necessary trait that goes along with people who are willing to be really courageous and push through uncomfort mm. to get to the other side because you ha- like you have to have that that whatever it is that allows you to see that so it's like a singular focus like i want this and i'm going to do whatever it takes to get this thing that i want mhm um, cuz there's a lot of what comes with that is like what i was just talking about it's like the experience of making a big change that the intention is to improve our lives. And we know sometimes we can find ourselves in very unhealthy situations and kind of have a wake up moment about Mm. it, whether that's a really unhealthy marriage. Maybe we're like, we've allowed ourselves to be abused in a relationship and we're just kind of waking up to that and we're done. And like, sometimes, you know, we have to make a choice and it feels really scary and 
We have to be able to see on the other side of that though. And that feels like to me, people who are willing to do what it takes to, I want to say change minds, but it's really just like speak truth. I think sometimes on things that are uncomfortable, like you have to be willing to really experience a lot of uncomfortable feelings and pushback mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't like when those feelings are coming from myself. That's where this is uh, kind of an interesting situation. I have found myself in here right in the moment. This feeling mm. like I, I am the criticism. I am the pushback. So, you know, when thinking in terms of what is medicine and what is poison and our, our thoughts are, wow, such wonderful examples of, you know, the how quickly it can go from one to the other, right? Are you, like, what's happening for you right now? What are you specifically? I'm just feeling how my tendency towards extremes has impacted so many people in my life. And even like that thing that you're talking about, pushing through the uh, social stigma around psychedelics, you know, and, and what I've done over the years in, in the world of psilocybin, like it's had, it's had an effect on my family. You know, my children, I can't say that my children benefited from me being arrested. I can't say that my children benefited from me living in Jamaica for however long. Uh, I can't say that we, I mean, we're, we're doing okay now, but that was very, put a lot of stress on you, you know, raising Theo or being with Theo for the first year and a half, two years, almost exclusively with you and feeling that kind of distance that, that he and I had and only very recently, like in the last really about six months, feeling like there's starting to be some repair there. And, you know, the again, like the there is the ability for this this reflection to be a of value or of detriment. And that's what I'm trying to bring myself out of the detrimental perspective and view it as, okay, I've learned what I don't want. I've learned what's not healthy. And so now, now I can make better choices. But it's, A, it's hard to separate out the reality of the impact that those choices have had on people. And it is, it's a little, a little scary because... I am still I'm still kind of an extremist. I don't know that I um I'm, I may be a little more balanced now, especially having community in my life where I can put energy into that. Uh but yeah, I I I do tend to turn medicine into poison if I'm not very aware and how that then impacts others is where it starts to become this kind of shameful, guilty, self-loathing feeling. Yeah, and even, I mean, even that could, it seems like it's kind of part of the extreme, it's kind of like, a little bit of an extreme, like hearing you reflect on that. I have memories, of course, of my perspective and those circumstances that you just mentioned, being in Jamaica and your two oldest boys and, you know, with Theo and everything. And I remember the the conversations that we had and making the choices and like, I can definitely see how like it's very natural in 
it's very natural to question like, was that the best thing that I could have done Mm -hmm. for other people in my life? And at the same time, well, yeah, what else could you have done when like to, when I, if I imagine you saying no to the opportunities that presented themselves to you, um, for instance, with Jamaica and the retreats there, um, that would have seemed to me like a far greater poison than saying yes from my perspective. I mean, that's why I continue to encourage you to move towards that, to see someone who is so just inclined like if that was your your child, if you were your child, mm-hmm. you know, what would you have told them mm-hmm. if they were to ask you, like, what should I do here? Mm-hmm. Follow, should I follow my passion and all these people and opportunities that keep presenting themselves to me to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's complex. It wasn't like, It wasn't like you were in a super healthy marriage where they're, you know, I mean, there's like all kinds of factors that weighed in there Mm -hmm. to where, from my perspective, you were showing your children to be themselves. I I certainly took that perspective at the time, and I think there is truth to that. But, you know, it's this conversation of when is it out of balance and... Um, I, you know, there were definitely times that it was out of balance. There were, there were, if I was talking to my child or my former self, you know, I would having the wisdom that I have now from the experience, I would probably advise them to find more balance and, uh, charge more money because I was not making any money and my family was suffering from it, you know, um, which, that's another aspect that we can look at in terms of this imbalance. It is a healthy way to be, to not be hyper-focused on money, but not like giving yourself away and not valuing yourself. That's, that's toxic. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, I don't know. It's all, you know, it's okay. It's all okay. It's all doing what it's supposed to be doing. I, I, I do still feel very strongly that everything is happening just like it should, even things that we see as negative or a disaster are not. They're just life finding its way. Uh, but, yeah, part of that finding the way is is finding the balance. You know, it's like the antidepressant thing we went through. There's so many things in our world where you can see that we've gone to this extreme, just like antibiotics, which is fucking fed. When I was a kid, I took so many rounds of antibiotics that I didn't finish. I mean, I don't know. It's like if a, yeah, it's scary to think about. And somehow I'm still in pretty good health, it seems like. But, uh, no, well, that, that but was, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, like knowing what we know now about gut flora and how right. it impacts mental health and yeah, everything. Yeah, no, it's a thing. So I'm saying it's like a societally, we have this tendency towards extremes. Here, we found the answer. Just apply it across the board, mm-hmm. you know. And then 20 years later, we find out that oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have uh, just uh, done that. Maybe we should have let the immune system naturally build to a certain capacity or, you know, maybe we shouldn't have just uh, fed these chemical compounds to everyone who's a little sad. Uh, and I, I think we're going to find that with, with psilocybin and psychedelics as well to a certain extent. You know, the majority of the people that I've worked with, I feel like have had a similar perspective to psychedelics as with other classic medicines. And as someone who has taken a whole lot of psilocybin, I would say it's a lot safer for sure than our other forms of medication, but that doesn't mean that it's without risks and that we can just 
Uh, treat it like it's a panacea and across the board, everybody just takes mushrooms. Even microdosing, I think that we we just don't know enough. I'm not discouraging anyone from microdosing. I think it's an extremely small amount of psilocybin and probably will not have any or very much of a negative impact on physiology and psychology. It'll probably be overall positive. But you see people just saying, well, have you tried microdosing? Have you tried microdosing? Have you tried it? Like every, <laughs> I hear it all the time. Like I'm standing in coffee shops now and people are talking about stuff. And they're like, have you tried microdosing? Or they're like, I'm microdosing. And you should hear about microdosing. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's just part of the human journey. We are, uh, maybe, maybe as a species, we are, a little bit extreme. We are living in a pretty extreme situation. Yeah, we've, on we've created an ball extreme. ball spinning. We're the only animals the that sky. have sex for fun. I mean, there's some animals, I think, that no. have like some, some, but there's very few animals. The that, bonobos, I thought, were all about bonobos, sex for I'm enjoyment. Saying there, there's... There's some. There's some animals. I think even I might be wrong about I was gonna say something about tigers or something, but I don't know. But obviously, <laughs> like human beings have created like like a, a an extreme world of sexual exploration. So just looking at how we take things that are very natural as a species and then Kind of fetishize them. Fetishize. I'm not sure that's actually a word, but I like it. Fetishize. Fetishize. Fetish. Fetishize. Fetishy. Fetishize. Fetishize. Maybe it's that. We create an adverb for fetish. But anyway, we do have this tendency to go to extremes and then figure out, oh, yep, that's too much. Got to pull back. Yeah. Just don't talk about ufos because then you're really extreme then you're See, just that, that's you, actually you've like, lost that's, it. A, that's a thing where i gotta pull myself back from it doesn't they are here it's happening but it's not that important it's not something that i need to spend all of my time contemplating or exploring yeah oh boy this conversation Brought up some stuff I did not expect. Wow. Well, you're doing a pretty I I great job a navigating it. <laughs> yeah. You want to <laughs> You want to go Just lift some kidding. weights and eat some mushrooms and smoke a cigarette and drink some coffee and see if that helps you feel better? <laughs> as long as we're having sex while we're doing, while we're doing all that. <laughs> uh, well, you really are doing great and I'm really proud of your growth and of... I just love you so much and I love watching our journey, your journey and my journey mm-hmm. combining and we certainly have come a long way. That's and, for sure. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. So what, it, well, I, just to kind of wrap us up here on this rambling, meandering conversation around poison versus <laughs> medicine. Again, like how do we determine what? Everybody's going to be different for every topic, but what's the what's kind of the best advice you think you could give to someone if they were saying like I don't know if I am overdoing it with any given subject. What do you think? Like how do you how do you do it? How do you know when your medicine is becoming a poison? I feel like it's a like most things in life it's a it's an ongoing kind of dance and conversation and it looks different for everybody. And it's like, I feel like the best thing we can do is have a practice of back to ourselves, like sitting with ourselves, just like sometimes, like semi-regularly, just like having a practice of taking some inventory. And that can be really simple, like, journaling or like having coffee with a friend that you respect and feel like is a healthy person 
you know, just like getting feedback with ourselves, Mm -hmm. with whatever that looks like, um, or meditating or whatever it is that we can come back to center and, and experience ourselves Mm -hmm. and just get out of the routines. Cause I feel like the, the repetition and the echo chamber, like Mm -hmm. the doing things on repeat, over and over and over again, that's where at a certain point we just start to feel off. Like, and we all have, we all know what that feels like to feel off or like mm-hmm. not ourselves or something's weird, something's up, something doesn't feel right and I can't put my finger on it. I feel like that's a great clue to make an effort to get some quiet and just get some perspective, take a break. From whatever you're doing, whatever that is for you. It's a subtle, small, quiet voice that says, hey, something's a little off here. Sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. That's how I feel about Smokey, man. I know y'all can hear him in there, back there panting. and It's like 75 degrees in this room. He's had plenty of water. He's, he's old. And... Uh, Gosh. Oh boy, man. Where the hell did this day go? I went, now I'm like just feeling like I have been like such a horrible dog dad. And just like he's going to be leaving me. And I just love him so much. And I'm starting to wonder like at what point do we just, you know, help him transition so he's not suffering daily. I'm wondering how much is he suffering right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's breathing so heavy here lately, and I don't know. Mm. He has been, he has been medicine for me. That is, it's all medicine. You know, I guess that's that's something uh, a friend of mine used to say years ago, and this guy was like a tobacco lover and. He would just, and he was very involved in kind of shamanic world stuff. And he would just say, he just had this, it's all medicine. It's all medicine. And I agree. It is all medicine up to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of our conversations seem to, for me, keep coming back to intentional community and just like gathering authentically with people in a way where we can be, we feel safe to be vulnerable and just get some feedback mm-hmm. from people that care. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so grateful that we're able to do that with Sanctuary and provide that space. Like, um, like just last night with the women's circle, half the women there said out loud, like this is the first time in a long time that I've even spoken about what I've been feeling Mm. directly like even in my closest relationships like Mm -hmm. like you know a couple women said like my my husband and I we just for I can't remember how it was like months we've just been talking about the logistics and the kids and the work and the schedules and the bills and you know like losing that framework to actually voice how we're feeling truly mm-hmm. so that we can get feedback has been lost on us. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes... Should I post on social media and see what people think? <laughs> <laughs> Not a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, everyone, I'm feeling really ashamed right now of how much time I spent working. Thumbs no. up. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, I am really curious to know uh, from you listening if you feel comfortable sharing what your experiences have been around this. Like what's something that you felt like was medicine that you kind of have struggled with off and on. Maybe like, is this good for me? Is this not good for me? Um, And just sharing your experience could be really valuable for other people. So 
there's a ton of people out there. I, I know from my sharing my experience with cannabis that there are tons of people out there who have had a similar experience with cannabis. And I guess that's what I would just say to those who of you who are still listening is that the more you're willing to share your story and your struggles, then the more other people are going to be able to identify with that and find comfort and probably some direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is something that we come together with intentions of voicing and talking about with our group coaching programs that we have, not only the circles with sanctuary in person and the Sunday services that we do, the discussion, but we have a, a group coaching program that, um, we run series of it. And so stay tuned for more information around that. And if you're listening on YouTube, please do comment and share what you feel comfortable sharing. Um, and yeah, please do like this video and subscribe to our channel. And um, if you want to get notified, hit that notification bell. Tell your friends. Thanks everybody for joining. And hopefully your day is medicinal. <laughs> <laughs>